Hello, welcome to Breach Burnt Podcast, everybody. It's James here with Zach and Scott on this beautiful evening. Uh, we're here to talk about kind of a tricky topic, but I think we have some, some useful insights into it. Talking about negative play experiences in Malifaux. People probably have a lot of different definitions of it. Uh, I put out some jokey definitions before we started here, but realistically we're just trying to talk about things that are as a whole not fun to play against or not fun to play but more fun not to play against generally <laughs> you guys have anything before we get going here or? uh yeah yeah i think you need to kind of touch on it and npe for just about anyone is going to be a little different so we're going to kind of try and keep on what I would think that most people would consider an NPE. And uh, for myself, an NPE is something that uh, I have no say in. Maybe it's non-interactive abilities or things I can't do anything against if I there's like no resistance to it or anything like that. Now, granted, sometimes you aren't going to be able to resist it just because whether you don't have the cards or they're higher sad or whatever, but just something that my opponent can do and I just sit there twiddling my thumbs looking at my cards or whatever the case may be whether that or other things too is if like they're taking away your ability to do things like let's say they're massively debuffing their crew or your crew that is and you're just you know sitting there with three or four models maybe with slow or stunned or something like that and it's just taking your away your ability to do anything that can be considered an NPE and like for myself I've been playing a lot of Yuri 2 here lately and I've had some of my opponents uh, say that the combination of old ways and the ruin tokens they consider that to be uh, NPE because there's really nothing they can do about it so for instance let's say someone's attacking one of your models and you flip a 13 in defense well, now that and they miss, and that they know sure shit, unless that model they're attacking is at one wound, you're going to be old ways, old ways that 13. And unless they flip a 13 because they don't have one in their hand, then they're going to miss, and there's really nothing to do they can do about it. But in retrospect, you know, they probably need to attack because if not, then you're going to have that 13 on top of your deck, and you're going to use it most likely in an attack on one of their models. So that's can be considered uh some people consider that an npe and because it's just nothing you can do about it you know i'm going to get ruin tokens so you know me touching their deck and looking at the top two cards and like oh there's 13 and 12 let's put those in the discard pile or you look you flip it and it's a one and a three and you're like okay we put those back now granted i think it's that's kind of a more of a psychological thing because you were going to flip that one no matter what, but now they know it's coming, and they know that's what they're going to flip. So they're, that kind of can get them dejected, even though that card was going to flip no matter what. Uh, now they just know that either they're going to have to cheat or that it's just going to fail. So, um, you know, that is something that I would consider an NPE. And, it, and again, it's more what people think so there's no i don't think there's any straight definition but i think that kind of covers it for most people um what do you think zach well i think one thing they can do in that situation is just remember that they're playing better models than you 
and they'll feel a lot better about themselves. You bastard. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I get what you're coming from, and like I agree in the sense that like when you have mechanics and systems that uh, don't give your opponent much opportunity to make decisions or interact with them or even defend themselves, that's oftentimes when uh, when the salt mines start uh, start filling up. Yeah, I'd agree, although I would push back on a Neverborn model being an NPE because we're all fair balance models, uh, just trying to do our best, you know, n not winning tournaments, that's for sure. <laughs> I mean, I think I like, I like think a primary, like, if you want to, like, get into, the, like, Neverborn MPEs, like, I mean, you could you could say things like, like the Emissary setting somebody up on... Uh, on negatives to defend themselves is one of those things. It's it's the sort of thing that gets people pretty pretty touchy about about it, you know. Um, much like how uh, like Yanlo too used to be able to just have his dogs have positives on everything and just absolutely ruin your day because he can move away and make himself impossible to hit. Like things that typically you should be able to work around, like the, like the obvious things that you would think of doing to try and combat some of the stuff that uh, some of these models have going on but then they just have an easy solution to get out of their own weaknesses is like one of those things that at least i know um salted my tables quite frequently yeah for sure and and two we want to make sure that uh that we are also differentiating between like an npe and a gotcha because especially when you are new in the game you're going to have those gotchas. You know, you didn't know about something. Uh, you're facing something you've never seen before. And that can be something that's difficult when you're facing a crew you've never seen before and they're doing all these things and you're like, oh my God, this crew's busted broken. And then maybe afterwards you talk with your opponent and he's like, well, you know, if you ever face this again, you know, this is what you can do or whatnot. Or if you're playing in a friendly game, you probably would want to cover that with your opponent. Uh, as opposed to, you know, maybe if you're in a competitive format, that's probably not something you're doing. But an, an, a NPE, I think, is a little bit different than a gotcha. Because once the person has learned about that, then it won't be a gotcha. Now, maybe the gotcha turns into an NPE, but I think there's a little bit of difference between the two, where gotcha is mainly more of a knowledge-based issue as opposed to an NPE where, you know, and most times, you can't really do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Admittedly, some of those things also can, depending on the uh, the player um, experience level, can go from an MPE into more of something that they learn about. Like, when I first started the game, I started with Dreamer and Pandora. And anybody could probably vouch for the fact that Dreamer and Pandora, as a new player, is a son of a bitch to play against. Like, the concept of summoning in of itself is one of those things that people are just inherently going to think is busted at first. And, I mean, Pandora is, while not, like, lighting up the scene with her, her capabilities and winning tournaments after tournaments, she is notorious for being frustrating to play against. Yeah. Yeah. Although, although in third edition, I think it's a little unwarranted. I think that's a little bit of carryover from first and second edition when she was probably, if not the worst NPE up there in the top three, because in second edition, when she just basically go to three of your models and say, yeah, those models get to do nothing all get or this turn and then do it again next turn. That was, 
yeah, that was pretty bad. But I th- yeah, I think a lot of people still have a little bit of hangover from that who may have played in second edition. But yeah, and I think that also comes with a lot of Neverborn masters come at the game a little bit different than uh, some of the other masters, especially like you said, Pandora and Dreamer. They definitely do things a little bit differently. But Pandora, I mean, I I still think she's a bit of an MPE for some people, especially with all the stunned. And then being able to convert your conditions to uh, debuffs and stuff like that, so it can it can be really rough, especially your first time out against her. Yeah, I mean, like she's easy, she, like she's manageable, but it's one of those things just because of how she functions. Like, while it may not be something that is like ungodly broken, it's just one of those things that's like it's just frustrating to play against for some people. And I guess the last thing in kind of this intersection I'll say is. We're not going to really get into NPEs as far as balance is concerned. Um, I mean, some of you guys may be our top-tier t- players, as in Zach and Scott, not me. But I think in the mid-tables, it's pretty difficult to tell what's unbalanced. Um, so I guess we'll leave that to other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, anyway. it, I want to try and stay away from that because... That's opening up a whole other can of worms uh, on on a subject where NPs is already kind of can be a touchy subject since so many different people look at it a different way. But I think, uh, too, you want to make sure uh, that you try and stay away from the NPEs, especially when you're bringing in uh, new players to the game. Uh, Mm -hmm. Those that can really uh, drive some people away, especially if you're in a smaller group where you don't have a chance to have a lot of variety with your opponents. Uh, I'm fortunate in my meta that uh, we do have quite the variety of players from very experienced players to, you know, almost brand new players. And we have a lot of them. Uh, For example, we just had our open game night and we had seven tables. So uh, again, I'm, I'm very blessed with a meta I'm in with the number of people we have and just how many really good uh, people and that's people, not players, uh, we have in our meta. So it's, it's just something to think about when you're introducing new players to try and stay away from the uh, the NPEs with them. Yeah, that's, then, honestly, that's honestly why I swapped off a Dreamer and, and Pandora in those early days because it was it was getting frustrating for my other locals that were also brand new. And so that's, that's when I moved over to Rezzers. And um, as much as people may joke about, you know, Rezzers being busted and mechanically superior or whatever but uh for some reason they they weren't as frustrating for people to play against as uh as those two were those people are just wrong because rezzers are absolutely frustrating to play against and i would much prefer to play against a different faction but i mean i moved over and just i moved over and started playing molly so leave me yeah yeah fair enough and, and, I mean, a little little off topic, since we're talking about new players and NPEs, is also it's a good idea uh, that maybe you ask, especially with newer players, you know, how, how they want to, how they want you to play against them. Like, for instance, when I got into the game, uh, I told everyone to kick me in the teeth because that's how I learned. So I went, like, four or five months before I won my first game, whereas... Maybe someone who is just getting into it uh, and just, you know, maybe it's not their primary game they're looking at. You know, maybe it's their third or fourth game and they're only playing maybe once a month or something like that. They want, you know, they want uh, that little less 
I guess for a better word, harsh experience when you're first starting out. So it's always a good idea to uh, make sure you're communicating with your new players um, on what kind of experience that they're looking for. If they're looking for it, like me, I wanted to get into it a little bit more hardcore and uh, competitive, whereas, uh, again, you know, someone else is looking for, you know, socialization and this is their fifth game and they just want to have some fun with some different games. Yeah, I actually had uh, that exact situation come up with uh, one of the last games I played with a newer player where he told me to just play it outright. And basically, he wanted to see the craziest crap I could put on the table. And at the time, I was really kind of feeling uh, Maxine 2. So that's when I, you know, did the whole, like, Maxine-Harada combo and just put you on negatives and just, you know, ate your lunch. (laughs) Um, Which is very much one of those combos that uh, I think would fall into this whole NP situation, at least under how the way I view it is, because, you know, it puts you in a situation where you can't really do much to defend yourself, and then you just sort of die. Um, but that's what he wanted to see, and so that's what I delivered. And uh, that combo's been changed, rightly so. Yeah. Uh, it kind of ties into something my buddy Jim Dyson, shout out, has talked about, I think, on other podcasts as well, but stating your intent before a game can be very useful just to make sure you're on the same page. Um, I can recall a few times where I played with locals, and I was on a losing streak, so I was obsessed with winning. I brought my best stuff, and I blew a couple poor locals out of the water, and they weren't really interested in playing after that. So definitely an important thing to keep in mind just make sure you and your opponent are on the same page, really. Damn, I never took you for being that guy. Well, I wasn't really trying to, but then, yeah, that's a that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we have kind of these two main topics here. So what would you guys, what's a good example of a non-interactive ability? Well, uh, like I said, with my Yuri 2, that was with, with that... Um, to have a, another one, um, I would say uh, obeys. I think can definitely be an NPE. You know, they've got their model and the spot it needs to be in, um, and uh, you not only obey it to move off at of that spot, but then it's charging into their backfield and killing their healer or picking up their own ski markers. Although. Now that I think about that, I don't know if that's a thing. But, uh, yeah, just uh, I think obeys in general, and especially since I've being a Neverborn main uh, playing uh, Zareda, especially before all the changes, and especially with the changes with Bokor, which gave you a backup obey, I think those can be, definitely be viewed as an MPE because you're just basically erasing all the work that they have done with one model, and now it's back to square one with it. Well, that and the, just the fact that sometimes people just don't like it when you touch their stuff. Um, I, I know some people that just hate obeys for like that that bit on its own. Shout um, out Pete. <laughs> also, like you know, berries or something. I know. Just speaking of Pete, absolutely frustrates the shit out of people. Yeah. Well, I guess I would disagree a little bit on obeys just because I have tried to use them a quite a bit um, I do agree that they're an NPE but I think they're one of the ones I'm more okay with being in the game because it is tremendously difficult to get that perfect obey off 
uh, where you're moving someone out of position, giving them maybe a debuff, and having them hit somebody, that is very difficult to do, and there are a lot of hurdles you have to go through in order to achieve it. They can't be engaged by your models. They have to be in just the right spot where they, you know, are doing the worst thing possible, and seeing that on the table is very difficult to do in real time. But I do agree when you get that super clutch one that loses someone a point or two, it is definitely a negative play experience. Another one I, I know, uh, like, pre-Errata, um, Terra 2 stuff was very much along that lines. Just playing into non-interactive, because, like, at the time, most people didn't really have much of a means of defending themselves against it. And while I've, I've softened my views on how, uh, how powerful it ultimately was, like, I didn't... Clearly, it wasn't winning everybody's games, right? Um, with that said, however it was not fun to play against and it really kind of just pigeonholed that crew in a, in a way that frankly I heard even for the first people playing it it wasn't exactly the most fun experience but like yeah like e even as a player who I had a winning uh, streak against it I was I mean I was I was best suited for it just because I'm mean, at the time I was playing a lot of shtuck so like I could I could survive it but just the concept of having your stuff without you really being able to do much about it get yoinked and then just had the crap beat out of it without you really being able to I guess respond to that was the bit about it that I think ultimately earned it in errata rather than the strength of it um, like, because MPs don't have to just be super-duper strong things that win all the time. It could just simply be something that, like, mechanically is, is set up in such a manner to where it's just frustrating or annoying to play against. And I think that's very much a, a key example of uh, one of those. Mm -hmm. I, I would say, uh, you know, maybe some people might disagree with me. For, for me personally, uh, an MPE that I have faced and more than one crew can do this is uh, being able to generate pass tokens out of the normal means of uh, having a difference in the number of models. So the, having that ability to go with several models at the end of the turn and you not really having any say in it, that for me can be very frustrating. Um, I also might be the fact that I like to play a lot of Dreamer 2 and pass tokens really screw him over. So... And Pandora with candy. <laughs> yeah, Pat, like like generating pass tokens is legitimately one of those mechanics that frustrates me the most. Um, it really just irks me on a, no. on a deep level. Like I just personally, I'm not a fan of of generating activation control without unresisted, basically. Like, well, I don't, I don't like. I played Guild Ball before this. So, gaining activation control was a matter of killing something before it activated. Like, that, in my mind, is earning activation control. And, like, these other means of generating pass tokens is, like, killing multiple models before they activated, basically, without any of the effort necessary. And, like, to me, that's, it's just incredibly frustrating, especially when it's consistently done turn after turn. And and I get it. Some of the, some crews are designed around that, you know, like Terra and uh, Yoku, because um, you you know when you go into it that they're probably going to get some extra pass tokens, and and that's a thing. I mean, that's the way those crews are designed. Um, so 
and, and you know, and I know going into it that they're going to be able to do that. So, I mean, so you just have to kind of plan for it. But just for me personally, I find that to be, uh, like you said, frustrating, a little bit of an MPE. Now, I've been playing long enough that I don't have a real, a lot of NPEs because I've, uh, fortunately, I'm experienced enough that I've faced just about every crew out there. So I at least have a bit of knowledge that I can maybe make a crew to circumvent it. But pass tokens is not one of those things you can circumvent. You can, you, there's nothing you can do about it. There, those crews more often than not are going to be able to generate those unless maybe they black joke or something or something like that. But they're going to get them. It's just you know, again, touching on the it's a non-interactive ability. You just there's nothing you can do about it. And they're nine times out of ten are going to get them. So, but that's just me. I mean, some people don't you know don't care about that and stuff like that. So, uh, but that that's kind of like my little. NPE for myself. Yeah, and like yeah. I think it's 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 certainly like manageable, like dealing with those crews. Um, just like I mentioned, for me, it's just it's one of those mechanics that just frustrates me. Like even though like I've I've dealt with it perfectly fine, and like it's always one of those things where like I get I get really irrit- irritable about it, and then I still win the game. And my bones like why why are you upset about it? I'm like it's just it just annoys me. Just the just the way it functions, and like. That's why it's just like a personal MP for me. Yeah, sure. Well, I do happen to know that the Alps can get past tokens. Are you guys concerned about that? No. no. <laughs> uh, They're purple, so it doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> well. But no, for real, actually, Alps are actually pretty solid models overall. And I, I have yeah. generated a past token with them before, and it nice. was pretty nice. We don't talk about Alps, though. We want them to stay the way they are. Um, one question, I guess. Would something like Thune's Frozen Trophy Trigger be considered a non-interactive ability to you guys? Uh, for the most part, yeah. Because you're going to be setting that up. And uh, unlike the uh, like Glimpse the Void, where there is a T-end duel for it. So even if you get hit by it and they declare the trigger, you have a chance... To avoid it, his is just you're buried, and uh, with a stat six and and hit them setting it up plus his intuition, it, it's really hard to get around. So I would consider that an NPE for at least for most people would probably consider that. And then yeah, any any of the like semi permanent uh, bury abilities like that, or or like uh, more Drake burying into shadow markers like. That one's infinitely more difficult to pull off than Thunes, but it's still one of those things where if you can pull it off, like it, it's incredibly frustrating for people. I uh, I managed to pull it off pretty early in a game once against somebody's Pale Rider, and they just they were down 11 stones, like, turn two, and it sucked. I guess I would... I don't think of it as one, partially because I played the model, but... Mostly also because of um, the fact that you can remove the marker to pop them back out. So in some ways it's worse because there's no TN or something that you can cheat to get out of it. But at the same time, every every model in the game has the ability to slam. So Yeah, but how difficult is it for them to just, you know, move that marker to your backfield and just make it a real bitch to get to? Well, yeah, well then they shouldn't have been out on the flank. <laughs> 
Sure, I see your point. Yeah, I've, I've, like I said, I've been playing a lot of Yuri, so I have a tendency to go after models that have run off by themselves, which with Yuri 1 is a little bit hard, but with Yuri 2, with the Avalanche, and you can basically have Thune at the middle of the board with Incorporal, and he is a move 6, so it's not hard to get models off by themselves. And then if you win a niche, and if there's another model close by, then you just bury that one, and good luck getting two models out when you have... 50 mils plus the first one he buried, he gets to push three or four inches at the start of his activation. Mm-hmm. But I don't think so. Yeah, I understand. That's... There is ways around it, and there is a resist because you do get defense flip. And if you flip the red joker, you know, that's unlikely he's going to be hitting you, but that's few and far between. And if the Yuri player has uh, set it up correctly, or if your opponent has, again, like you said, made a mistake and put a model off by itself, then Thune buries it, and it could be a long day before that model ever gets unburied. I think the first time I ever played against Yuri, uh, I had three of my models were in pillars, and uh, that was not fun. It was funnier than hell, but uh, it wasn't fun. But, uh, you know, that again, that was my first time playing Yuri, so that ended up, that was a gotcha, you know, I was like, well, because I thought with the, with the berry mechanic that I had to resist like Glimpse of Void. Well, here it is. No, my only resist is don't let it hit me. So, you know, get good, bro. <laughs> okay. But uh, so I also think, too, is like, what are some of the ways we can avoid NPEs other than like the communication with our opponents ahead of time mm-hmm. in like non-competitive circumstances? So... I think that uh, Weird has uh, set up some ways about that, and also some uh, communities have done it. So, like, say, for instance, some of the NPEs that are out there involved uh, dual masters, you know, especially uh, before this last uh, rata or two, where you would bring uh, you would bring Hoffman in with May, and then you would have uh, Sparks obey basically obey Hoffman to have his death laser go off again. So ways you can get around that is like if you're playing a single master format, so no dual masters, so that can avoid some uh, some NPEs out there. Um, and then the uh, also the bands format is a good one to use. So not only are you avoiding, uh, uh, you can avoid maybe that dual master but you can also take some uh, models that your opponent can't bring that you often see as out-of-keyword models. Now, granted, the people in the community who play for a while and know the meta and know what's good out-of-keyword have an advantage over someone who is newer to the game. Um, but I have found that uh, when I play in tournaments, if my opponent's like, well, I don't know what to ban. And I'm like, well, I'm playing Neverborn, so you ban Woe. Granted, I don't bring candy out of keyword because it's crutch, and I know when I go into a tournament that everyone's going to ban woe, so why practice with it if I'm not going to get to play it in a competitive sense? But, uh, I mean, if you ask your opponents or, you know, if you came with some friends, it's like, oh, I'm facing XYZ, what should I ban? They can give you some good ideas. Uh, So that is a good way to avoid those NPEs or just, you know, those models that maybe you don't want to see like uh like let's say you're playing resers you uh ban manos's keyword 
because everyone likes to bring monos because he's just a really good model. Not so much an MPE, but he's a model that can score you points and kill uh, kill your your models. So yeah, that, that's, that's I think opinion, those are two Scott, good I... ways that uh, you can try to avoid NPEs. And again, that's kind of more in the competitive sense as opposed to your you know weekly game or monthly game or whatever you have in your area. Um, but uh, just some things that have been developed in the community and with the company to help with these NPEs. Yeah, uh, and in friendly games, I, I'll even go a step further and say, are there any masters you just don't want to play against with newer players? Or sometimes I'll ask if they do want to see certain masters, because sometimes that's exciting too. So definitely good, good calls there. Um, another format that's kind of the new hotness, I guess, is Balance Foe, which is kind of basically just cuts everything out of the game that hasn't been through an errata. That seems to be pretty popular at a competitive level. Probably not... Well, it could maybe be kind of a guideline to not bring the new stuff into new players. What do you guys think about that? I think, of, like, competitively it makes sense, but, like, casually and just general enjoyment of the game, it makes zero sense because nobody wants to wait a year or however long to be able to play with the new things. Um, mm -hmm. But I get it, you know, like... On occasion, there there are um, balance concerns with certain things, and that's just a logical way to, to go about it. You know, just wait until an errata has happened while they've been out and call it a day. Um, it's by no means like a perfect solution, but it's mm -hmm. it's a, it's an option. To me, it doesn't really matter. Uh, again. You're talking in the competitive sense, not in the casual sense. Like Zach said, no one wants to wait a year to play with their new toys. I mean, for me, if it's a live tournament or a vassal tournament, if it has balance foe or it doesn't, it's not going to matter to me. Uh, I I don't care if I'm facing Damien 2 um, or I'm facing, I don't know, what's uh, the word, the big hat keyword, you know, Everyone thinks that's one of the worst ones out there. I'll, I'll play what I'm going to play. What I'm going to play. I don't care what my opponent has against me. I'll try and do my best. And if I get dumpstered by it, you know, then that's I look at that as kind of a learning experience. Uh, I got my first time I played against Damien Two was at Nova, and it was against Longton, and he dumpstered me, uh, killed Dreamer Two turn one. Uh, but, you know, I, I learned from that, and I won't fall into that trap again. And But we still had a great time. Uh, I was joking with him how I had the advantage because I killed one as Gammon, and he killed my master who was free. So he was down four soul stones. I wasn't down any. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I learned from it, and um, the next time I faced Damien, I had, you know, some idea of what he could do, and I won that game. So... For me, that doesn't discourage me if I'm facing the quote-unquote uh, best master in the game. I just look at it as a learning experience. Now, granted, that's might might not be everyone's cup of tea. They want to face the toughest masters played uh, by their opponent, but you know that's that's just me. I know 
that is not everyone's opinion, but I I don't I would rather not have balanced foe. I'd just rather play play everything, but that's not going to discourage me from playing in a vassal tournament or a live tournament or anything like that. I'll just go with what it is and and go with the punches. Bands is still my favorite competitive format personally. I think it uh, rewards a comp- a competitive mindset and meta knowledge more than anything a blanket ban on like a collection of models could ever do i agree i i do enjoy bands because it adds another dimension to when you're declaring your crews and masters and stuff like that uh it's just it's a just another layer that you need to think about now granted maybe on the third game of a tournament your brain is just turned to mush and you're just like oh they declare that well i'll just go with the default and then you might miss something, but uh, I just, yeah, I like that little bit of extra back and forth and stuff like that. So I would agree that Bands is the best one out there. Yeah, totally. And I mean, like, that's not like the fault of the format. That's just, that's just brain rot over the course of a day. So the, uh, the other one to, I guess, avoid MPEs is uh, the newest one. For those of you who don't play in Vassal tournaments, probably not have heard this and probably if you don't play in vassal tournaments you probably will never hear about it but they came out with an interesting uh i guess middle ground between nothing and balance foe where certain masters and models are banned so you can't play them at all and then there are certain models that are what they call restricted where you can play them but there's certain situations you can't play them in and uh i don't really feel like going into the whole list if you are interested in that if you get on the vassal discord and uh, you can look it up, or you can get on our Discord, and if you want to ask, uh, we can someone can answer it, go over it with you, or send you a link. Um, again, this won't stop me from playing in a Vassal tournament or anything like that, but I think this is not good because it's the middle ground between nothing and complete balance foe, and I think when you're in the middle ground on something like, like that, you make everyone mad no one will likely be happy so uh i just i just think you they should have gone either way or either nothing or everything so um we had kind of talked a little bit on air before this uh, on what our opinions on it and uh so i just think that it is just that middle ground that no one's really going to enjoy. Um, I know, Zach, you had some opinions on it, so I won't step on your toes, and I'll let you go over it. Oh, I mean, just just to keep it somewhat short, I guess, was if you're, if you're banning specific masters and keywords or parts of, parts of keywords, um, you're, you're imbalancing the numbers game of what the, the game has set up across all the, all the factions which inherently kind of puts certain factions at a disadvantage versus others, where in some cases uh, you're effectively just having some factions be down whole keywords in comparison to other ones, which I think um, it kind of stifles the environment some. Of course, others would say that, you know, keeping, like, Damien in would just mean that you're only going to play Damien and then you're, you're cutting out the rest of the faction, and, like, that's a valid opinion, too. Um, ultimately, like, it's, it's fine for what it is. I don't really participate in Vassal stuff very often, so 
I don't think I'm ever really going to use the format, and I don't have an issue with it existing, of course. Um, I think I think more formats that the community come up with is actually better for the game ultimately. This is just not one that I think... Uh, I, I guess I just don't think it uh, solves everything as much as we would like it to. But I don't think there's really anything that we can do to properly solve it without an errata. So. Yeah. Good points. Um, well, if you guys don't have anything else, I do have one final question for you. Shoot. Which crew in Neverborn is not a negative play experience. Lucius won. Okay, well, ignore him. <laughs> Lucius is a massive circle jerk, and it's not fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> I would say it's probably closer to an MPE for the person playing it than the opponent. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's like that Hellraiser puzzle box <laughs> that you put yourself in. But yeah. Hmm. The least MPE never born. That's something I've thought about, and it doesn't seem like we have a lot of, like, noob-friendly crews. Um, Marcus won, maybe? Yeah, I was going to say it. If, if Lucius isn't a choice, Marcus... Marcus he's, is... He's pretty, he's pretty, like, plain Jane, you know? Like... Okay. It, it's, like, nothing about it, like, is like super ridiculous all his models are fairly killable they're kind of quick and all but like you know good fundamentals will get you through it like i don't think he's got anything going on that is like particularly like frustrating like unlike you know his his title that has some weird funky stacked defenses that i can just see just annoying never living shit out of somebody um yeah. but i think he's probably like our dude in that regard um okay. Though, just, uh, I guess, like, to kind of follow up on the whole what what can we do about the whole MPEs thing, because ultimately I don't, I don't want this to be, like, a salt mine sort of episode. Um, so that means a salt mine's coming. No, no, actually, it's, it's more of, like, like how, how, how can we handle... So when an MPE exists as a community, as a meta, how can we react to it so that we're not just making the game bad for the people who enjoy those things too yeah you know because like it sucks it sucks being on the receiving end of something that you just dislike playing against but it also sucks being made to feel like you're an asshole for playing those things you know and like admittedly like when when all the terror stuff and things of that nature was like hot and heavy in the community our community up here was pretty salty about it and pretty irritable about it and pretty bad about it all things considered and like that's not great you know it makes people feel bad so like i was kind of gonna like throw it to you guys what do you think and how do you think we could go about recognizing an mpe for what it is while also not making the people that play those things feel like public enemy number one well i would say uh kind of like what i touched on before is communication uh, with your opponent is like, hey, you know, I'm going to play, Let's since you brought up Terra 2, I'm, I want to play Terra 2. This is what she does. And maybe if they haven't faced it before, maybe what they're going to bring, give them some pointers on what they could bring to help counteract it, I think would be a 
good way of doing it. If it's someone who's played it before and they're like, yeah, I really don't want to uh, play against that. I mean, I played against it a couple times and I got dumpstered every single time. Uh, don't, don't, uh, you know, don't, don't be hesitant in maybe playing something else. Now, unfortunately, you know, so make sure maybe if you are playing something that people consider an NPE and they don't want to face, maybe make sure if you do have that option to bring another crew with you so that you're not like, oh, this is all I brought. Now, if they're a brand new player and this is all they have, you know, then you know, obviously that's not an option. Um, or maybe even communicating beforehand uh, if your meta has a group chat or something like that, you know, maybe before you show up to the day, hey, I want to play Terra 2, you know, does anyone want to play against it? And if, like, everyone's like, uh, you know, or maybe the one or two people who are going to be there, like, yeah, we don't really want to play against that, then, you know, bring something else. Now, I also think that if you are someone who is playing that uh, and no one wants to play against it, I wouldn't take it personally. Just, you know, it's just maybe that that particular master people are viewing as an MPE. Now, it doesn't make you a bad person or that you want to play it, but there's just some things that that people are, may not want to play against, you know, especially if they only get to play Malifaux once every two, three, four weeks and then want to rock up and now all their models are buried and dead, you know, don't look at that as something that they're not wanting to play against you it's just maybe that particular master so it's just i think the big thing is i all boils down to is make sure you're communicating with your opponents or your potential opponents on your game time you know maybe there's some people it's like oh i've heard about this terror too and i want to play against it you know i want to see if this is as soul crushing as i've heard and then you'll probably find some people who want to play against it but you know don't don't take it personally if no one wants to play against it uh you know if especially if someone else or yourself has crushed their soul uh with a particular master or what they consider to be an mpe sure i think i think more like as, as a slight counter to that though i think i think having like if, if a community is salted on something um and kind of like pushes that sort of narrative i think you're almost more likely to try and almost all all uh, ostracize that player and make them less willing to actually show up especially if they're really high on something um so i think like in general as communities i think a lot of us need to get better about how we how we how we process our salt with things like this and I think we need to do a better job of communicating as a meta, as in like local metas and overall metas on how to deal with these things in a more constructive sort of manner besides just complaining about them. Because um, oftentimes I feel like there's a, lot of, there's a lot of complaining, but there's not so many, there's less options and situations where people actually go about talking about solutions. Because like, just to play back into Terra 2, um, she was annoying and frustrating to play against, but I don't think it was busted. And the problem was a lot of us complained about it as if it were the most broken thing on earth, 
and I think the reaction was a bit much. So I guess it's more of a situation that I'm, I'm bringing this up as a, a chance for, like, not just our community, but other communities to, like, to look at those situations and try to grow from them. And ultimately, as much as it's fun to knee-jerk the shit out of things like this, maybe it'd be better overall if we kind of, like, kumbaya it into, like, a better understanding of the mechanics and the options available to us and then come to a more universal uh, agreement on, on things. And usually by that time, um, erratas are starting to get worked on probably, and things are being talked to talked about within certain channels, and things are getting taken care of. So um, I just, I hate to see NPEs of that nature kill interest in the game due to the continuous cycle of salt. Yeah. And uh, just also something else that came up to mind that uh, can kind of rein in s some NPEs uh, is uh, getting ground changes. Um, yeah. So like right now, uh, I know a lot of people have been talking about how this getting ground really uh, leans into killing because not so much in that it's scoring you points, but in a couple of the strategies, you have to kind of be at a place at the end of the turn so your opponent can kind of anticipate where your models are going to have to go, and then they just go up there and and dumpster them. So in the last uh, getting rounds before this one, it involved a lot more uh, mobility and being able to get to different areas of the board where they weren't set in stone. They just you had to go to places. So uh, a gaining grounds change can take that. Uh, NPE that is dumpstering everyone and make it less of an NPE. So like, you know, Damien too, how he can just go around and killing a whole bunch of stuff, especially if you don't know what's coming in a different gaining ground where you have to be more mobile. Not saying that Damien too, it can't be mobile, but there are definitely crews that do it much better than him in his keyword. So you might see those NPEs a little bit less with the gaining grounds change when other masters in that faction become a little bit better at some of the schemes and or strats. So you might see them a little bit less as well. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I guess without saying too much, I would just say if you are looking to be a competitive player, you have to figure out a way to get the salt down your throat. There's always going to be somebody better than you. There's always going to be a crew that does better things than your crew does. But at the end of the day, you're trying to beat the opponent. So if you think something is a negative play experience, try playing five games into that crew and see if you figure anything out. And I'm not a very good player, so, you know, I'm largely talking out of my ass here, but I think that kind of... I think of it as like a Dark Souls mentality is what you, you need to progress kind of competitively, you know. If you're playing casually, you know, that you don't need that kind of fire there, but, I mean, it's something I've struggled with. Uh, it's definitely frustrating to lose, but at the same time, I guess just keep it to yourself, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and... Uh don't be afraid to ask, even at tournaments, uh, after you get dumpstered, 
uh, like I have had on more than one occasion. Uh, you know, hey, you know, what could I have done differently? You know, like when I played Longton against his Damien too, I know I was asking him what I could do and stuff like that that would have been better other than throwing my master in front of his master and then then getting him dumpstered. But, yeah, don't – it's, again, you know, beating a dead horse here, but communicating with your opponent and stuff like that. Uh, if it's a friendly thing, you know, don't be afraid to ask, hey, you know, what what do you think I should take against you? You know, what 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 can pick your crew apart and stuff like that? And that's that's you know where you can get a chance to learn and and uh, pick up those hints, especially against the person who's playing it. Because uh, I know on more than one uh, one occasion in podcasts, you know, sometimes it may look easy from your side of the table, but you don't know what maybe he had to jump through hoops to do to do whatever his crew was doing that you see as an NPE and uh, it just, you know, gives you an idea of uh, what you can do and what you may have done that didn't seem to help you at all, but made it really difficult to do what they did. Or also taking into consideration too is did this person have amazing flips? You know, their red joker was coming up on their three, four, six damage track twice in the game. Like I played a game on Vassal the other day and I had, they they were attacking my master. They hit my master five times, and four of those five times on neg- negatives or double negatives, they're hitting moderate and severe. So, you know, fortunately, I was also flipping really high on my soul stone reduction. But you know, you got to take that into consideration too. Is like, did they just get a little bit lucky, or maybe were you a little bit unlucky? So you got to take everything into consideration with that. Uh, you know, when you're going in and thinking you're seeing an NPE. So just have to take everything into context and, uh, again, communicate with your opponents. Yeah. So I do have a bit of a uh, one final NPE and also a bit of a shout-out at the same time. Um, So my biggest NPE, for anybody who knows me, is tape measures, floppy tape measures, stupid tape measures that zip across the table and knock models off and destroy them. They're the worst. How do you fix this NPE? With widgets. Widgets are great. Um, I just got a new widget set. It's fantastic. Uh, Tabletop upgrades from the UK made it for me. They like custom did the whole thing to my specifications. It's branded with the logo for the for the podcast. It's awesome. They gave me everything I wanted. Sticks up through 12 inches. I got I got a widget. I got I got proxy bases and and strat markers with the logo on it it's fantastic so don't use tape measures guys they are stupid so so you're saying that's the secret sauce to beat you zach put you on tilt without the uh how about not just the tape measures that zip in and out what about the like the ones they use when they measure cloth or the, the like the ones that don't the stupid go straight floppy, the stupid floppy ones yes and the yeah, ones that even... were in the second edition starter set Ugh, yes. those are terrible please don't do that to anybody like clean play is important so like you're going to tilt people through unclean play and the threat of destroying models and i swear to god if you break my crew again with your tape measure <laughs> i will not be happy so so when i come up for the tournament in april i'm just going to put down my tape measure <laughs> with the one that's like the cloth one and stuff like that i won't use it but i'll just set it there the threat of it being used against you will put you, you on tilt. You used that shit against me the first time we ever played against each <laughs> other, and then we all bullied you into getting 
getting widgets. So I like, used a tape measure. I didn't use the cloth one. <laughs> but yes, I, I would agree that the measuring widgets are easier. But I'll make sure I edit that out so Zach can't uh, hold it over my head. Oh, I heard it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's in my soul now. You'll never get away. <laughs> I, I swear, that must be something uh, from the Michigan players. All of all the Michigan players are all about their widgets. It's because a bunch of us used to play Guild Ball, and Guild Ball held players to a higher standard. Wow. Listen up, weird. You just got called out. It has nothing to do with weird. Second edition <laughs> was a different time. It's true. Yeah. They, they, and they're putting widgets in the new starter boxes, so they know better. They know. Yeah, the new widgets are pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's much better than going down to Home Depot and getting a crappy, crappy tape measure. Yeah. But you look cool when you uh, when you slide it onto your belt, so you can carry it around that way from table to table. Yeah, mm -hmm. it looks great right next to your fanny pack. I'm sure. It does. <laughs> Don't be dissing my fanny pack. I'm not 100% sure I haven't seen Scott with a fanny pack before, but <laughs> I guess now I pull, we're really getting into the weeds. <laughs> I, I, I pull my shirt over the fanny pack because okay. I always want to wear it, but I'm secretly ashamed of it, so I pull my shirt over it so no one can see it. And okay. I just tell them I'm really fat. Yeah. That's, that's good. Keep that in. <laughs> hey, don't, don't body shame me. Okay. Yeah. No, never, never. I'm just gonna tape measure shame you. Mm -hmm. Yes, I I have had that happen to me already. That's why I have my measuring <laughs> sticks. Uh, yeah. Me and me and Derek are on the same page there. Yeah, actually, I think he uh, shamed me more into it than you did. But then again, I see Derek a lot more than I see you. Yeah, yeah, we're we're a coalition on that. All right. Well, with that, I think uh, we can wrap it up. Thanks for everybody for listening. Uh, Hopefully everyone thinks 